All right. Sounds good. Well, wow, I reckon into, we should come off. Sounds good. Well, I reckon we should. I talked. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sounds I again, good. Well, I reckon. Took it. Did it again. Sounds Sorry. Good. <laughs> Just wait until I say start again. And then now do it now. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to me and my gay ex-husband. For anyone new, my name is Renee and I'm the me in the story. And my name is Peter P and I'm the gay ex-husband. Welcome along. We're happy to have you with us. Welcome back to episode six, Peter P. How are you doing this week? Feeling really good, thank you. We've had restrictions eased a little here in Melbourne after about eight weeks of total lockdown, which has been great to get out and about a little bit. How are things in Munich? Well, we're doing the opposite. (laughs) Things are loosening up in Mm. Melbourne and we're tightening up here in Germany. I think they're a little bit worried about corona and the flu season kind of holding hands over here in Europe. So they're imposing some tighter restrictions on people. So I'll I'll keep you updated and we'll see how this one progresses. (laughs) Well, lockdowns are actually really good for podcasting, so I'm happy about it a little bit anyway. (laughs) Um, What do we have in store for everyone today? Well, this week's episode is called Cooking. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, no, it's not. No. I I have been The votes were in. I've been totally beaten in yeah. the votes. <laughs> the votes came in. There was a total of zero votes for cooking, which is wonderful. And a total of two just, votes for normal podcasts. I just, so I just wanted one, guys. I wanted one. One vote. Do you know what I'm gonna do? I'm going to do an Instagram vote. So we, our listeners can decide on Instagram and can tell me whether or not next week's episode should be about cooking or not. Because I think that the votes that we received were inconclusive. I'm going to do a Donald Trump here and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> call into question the validity of this vote. That's debatable. I think they were quite conclusive. No, we get one more chance. I head on over to Instagram, everyone, my gay ex-husband, and uh, nope. No, please vote no. We're not having any cooking classes in this ship. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's going to be great. We're going to, I'll, I'll don an yeah. apron and all. Anyway, so what? what is this episode today? Well, I was totally outvoted. So today's episode is called... The In-Between. The In-Between. Which reminds me so much of Stranger Things. In between. Okay, calm down. Okay. So we've both talked about the initial period afterwards and been able to explain what it was like just after the breakup. So today's episode, we're going to be talking about how things were a little bit after that and how we figured out our relationship and how we navigated that. Sounds good. So do you want to kick us off then and tell us what the in-between was like for you? Yeah, sure. I can go first. So the in-between for me was really about learning for the first time in my adult life how to be single. Did you have that as well? It was a really interesting experience for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, of course. We'd been together for 12 years or something altogether so I didn't even know how to date or how to be with anyone else it was all I knew really so yeah of course yeah I like calling this the in-between because it really did feel like this in-between period I hadn't completely moved on yet and I also wasn't in the relationship anymore so I was in this really awkward in-between trying to figure out well who was I outside of my relationship and like I'd always had us in my head so I'd always had we and 
before I made any decision, I always thought about how that would impact me and you and yeah. any plans that I made were always, it was always down to mm-hmm. the two of us as trying to be like, oh, okay, right. so what, you mean I can decide what I have for dinner tonight? Yeah. Or like, mm. what, so if I sleep in until midday, no one's going to care? Like, <laughs> it was crazy. It was um. So even for all the small decisions and things, which is really different, but then there's also the larger decisions and kind of the direction that you're going to go with your life, and that takes a bit of getting used to as well, thinking what am I going to do with my life, what direction am I going to go in, all of that stuff as well. So it's not just the smaller things, there's larger things too. Yeah, definitely. The in-between stage was a real learning Mm -hmm. and growth period for me. So it was about identifying like what direction do I want to take my life in now and where do I want to go? What do I want to do? And you're absolutely right. It was from the like day-to-day decisions, like what do I have for dinner? Mm -hmm. But also the bigger decisions. That's so true. I think that's probably the biggest thing out of a breakup, but that's sort of not exclusive to our situation. I think it's for all breakups. There is that idea that you have to kind of make decisions for yourself too. So it's not just for mixed orientation relationships. No, yeah, it's definitely a universal thing, but it was something that was totally unfamiliar to me. And so that was something that I got to experience for the first time was, yeah, being able to put myself first for once and think about like my wants and needs and desires as opposed Mm to me and somebody else or an us what was your in-between like well yeah I was drunk all the time um (laughs) not all the time I think after right I think after about six to nine months after the breakup the drinking really stopped okay I was smoking a little bit of weed but not not really that much but that was just trying to figure out how to be normal again so it wasn't even trying to figure out how to be single for me it was figuring out how to be a normal human again so that was a bit different but the people I was living with at the time they had stopped drinking which meant that if I was going to be drinking it was mainly going to be by myself and so that was not cool and I figured that I kind of had to work through stuff when I was not drinking anymore I did a lot of um, online gaming so there was a, a game that I had found and I was I really connected with some people online where I could just focus on you know being away from my life for a bit and it was cool so I really connected with a whole lot of people uh, through the game it had nothing to do with my real life it had nothing to do with my sexuality had nothing to do with my mental health issues it was just gaming which was really good so connecting with people all over the world actually and becoming really really good friends with some people online just Mm. through a game you remember that game that I used to play don't you yeah, yeah, totally. You played that before we separated. I remember yeah. you made really good friends with one of the women in that game. Um, that was before we had actually mm-hmm. separated. So you went deeper into that. Yeah, I pretty much went into that when I stopped drinking. And I would stay up late gaming and just connecting with people online. Yeah, so I realized that I was totally into the whole escapism thing and creating this other reality for myself as well and that really really helped me to get through a lot of the hard stuff too because it meant that I was able to slowly process things instead of it being this giant overwhelming problem that I wasn't able to resolve so being able to break it down into steps and doing that through uh, escapism really really helped me right okay so that's putting aside what was going on in real life and just being able to be in a world where 
you weren't going through a divorce and you didn't have any problems. And exactly. <laughs> I guess it's a, well, a nice when you're online and you're, and you're gaming, you get along with all these people, but you don't have to say all of those things to people. You don't have to tell them all of the really personal things about your life and have judgments about you based on what you look like or what you, I don't know, it was just a really good community. I was really lucky to find them when I did. And I'm still friends with a lot of them today too, even though no one plays the game anymore. I was even planning to do a trip to go over to to visit her and her family. I think she was based in San Fran. Oh, and what had oh, happened wow. is, yeah, these people that were that were in the game, they were like me as well. They were trying to kind of get away from the real life crap. And there were two people on there that in, in our clan because it was like a hundred of us in a clan and I got along with them really, really well over a period of, years and there were two of them our leader our clan leader and uh, another guy who connected so well that they actually met in real life which is normal um but then they started to have a romantic relationship oh my god and then she got pregnant oh wow <laughs> yeah so, maybe <laughs> yeah freya <laughs> queen freya yeah she um had a clan baby and so oh we were God. all like clan uncles and aunties, which was funny to see. How scandalous. I didn't know this stuff happened in real life. And they're still living happily happily ever after together, actually. Side note, though, was she married before that, though? Yeah, she was married. Wasn't she going through a divorce as well? She was, yeah. So she had her own dramas that she was going through. She had a couple of children, too, and was finding it really difficult. So um, she found a lot of comfort from being online as well. And it was just cool because we all kind of had our own stories and our own problems in the real world that we would kind of mention and then not have to get into too much detail if we didn't want to. And if you wanted to, you could actually talk to people about all of this stuff too, which was really, really nice. So in the end, I did kind of tell them about all of what was going on in my life and they helped me work through things, gave me lots of encouragement as well, which was really cool. And a lot of people are like, why are you wasting so much time on that? And, oh, my God, you're just stuck to that phone. But when you're going through hard times like that, it's really it's difficult to explain where that almost does become your real life because you connect so well with these people without all of the extra judgment. This played a huge role in, in the in-between for me and my healing process, um, especially for those early in, in initial stages. So, yeah, what about for you? Wow. Because... I mean, eventually things didn't go so well with my living situation. I ended up getting kicked out and that's where things get really interesting for us, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, um, it does. I think you kind of had your game to escape into and you use that as a kind of a comforter, I guess, or like a way of getting some sort of emotional support and relief and distracting yourself mm -hmm. from the reality of what was going on yeah and I, I totally did that as well I definitely did I mean I tried as much as I could to work through everything myself but I also yep. threw myself really heavily into my work because things in this like really converse way as my personal life started to decrease my professional life started to increase um <laughs> which was a really nice distraction that I kind of grabbed at with both hands and I was able to spend 
a lot longer than I should have in the office and working and um, I put everything into my work life. I was actually using work to comfort me and to soothe me and to be my distraction. So that was my escape from... And give you a sense of routine and normality as well, I guess. Yeah, and to give me a purpose because my previous plans and you know how I was saying that during this period I was suddenly like oh my god I can do anything (laughs) like everything is up in the air now what what do I actually want and so I put a Mm -hmm. lot of energy into work because it was a nice distraction when my personal life became too overwhelming so I find that parallel Mm -hmm. really interesting between us that we were able to both in different ways find like an external distraction and escape from what we were going through and I didn't I've never made that connection with you before but yeah it was a vital part of it too because if you do just sit there in the overwhelming part of it it would just destroy you so you you kind of have to find these distractions and you have to find things that take your mind off all of the really difficult things not to say that you won't deal with it but it's almost like it just gives you a little bit of a reprieve from it and so that you can kind of break it down into steps and then take action from that so yeah during this period i i did fall into a relationship really i wasn't ready for it and there's a lot that i want to talk about in later episodes about that but i did fall into a relationship with a guy and it was to put it plainly it was toxic and it didn't go so well but what it meant was was that i was spending a lot of time with him so i was staying at his house a lot So we had a a couple of other people move into our house as well. So it got busier and busier there and all the rooms were slowly starting to get taken up. And then things blew up at at our house. I wasn't spending enough time there. I was still paying rent and stuff, but they weren't happy with me seeing the house as like a halfway house and not really being the home. I I don't really know uh, 100% what well, that was all about but what they said right <laughs> yeah well, that, that's what was said um but i mean i wouldn't kick out a tenant who keeps paying his rent on time and is never around to make any mess but uh, that's just how it was and i got kicked out i got left pretty much in the dirt and at that point i had broken up with the guy that i was with so they expected that I was going to move out of the house and then move into his place because I was there 24-7. But it just so happened that when I got kicked out of the house that I was living at, I also broke up with my then-boyfriend the day before. So I had nowhere to go. And So what did you do? So what did I do? I fell back into what I knew. <laughs> I fell back into what I knew best. But yeah, I needed a place to stay. And the one place I knew that I could go and feel pretty good was with you so yeah it was two years after the breakup and we were sort of mending our relationship as well so I felt like I was able to kind of rely on you for help when I needed it and I needed it I was out on the street really you were overseas weren't you so I called your sister I was on a holiday so because I during that period like we didn't really have much to do with each other either you were dating somebody and living with people that I didn't get along with at all Mm -hmm. we caught up every now and again to have lunch or didn't we used to go for breakfast every now and again yeah but this was this wasn't until like at least a year and a half after the breakup so it took us a long time to actually start like hanging out with each other again and I remember initially for us it was mainly to do with like adult things where we kind of had to sort out our financial situation 
and sort out yeah. um, the proper separation of all of our things. And um, yeah. when when we became amicable in that sense, that's when we started to kind of reconnect on a personal level too, like our friendship started to get a bit. Mm-hmm. But, but for a long time there, it really was just talking about what are we going to do about money or what's going to happen yeah. with the cars and stuff like that. So yeah, that was how we kind of reconnected. But, yeah, we would do that over food in the morning. And it, it took us a little while to, to start, like, not fighting or not talking about the breakup because I think especially oh, for those God, initial yeah. meetings, it, it would end in, like, actual rows out on the street or, like, talking about <laughs> how how hurt we both were instead of actually being able to sort out what we needed to financially or sort out all of these other adult problems so we were letting our personal yeah letting our personal stories get in the way of what actually needed to happen for a long time there but that's all part of the journey too and that's what needed to happen in order for us to kind of reconnect on that personal level I guess um is that what you'd say about it as well or yeah definitely because every time I would talk to you I always went into those discussions with you with my backup because I was really defensive. Mm-hmm. So I automatically, yeah. every time we met, I automatically thought that you had, you didn't have my best interest at heart and yep. that I was going into a battle. So I would yep. automatically go in there with skepticism and with my backup. So mm-hmm. we, we could never really connect with each other. And I think that was a really important moment for us was we actually... Mm-hmm physically we said that to each other face to face I remember having that conversation with you and being like I am not your enemy I'm going to try really hard to remind myself that you are not my enemy either and then Mm -hmm. only then could we actually connect because then we both saw each other as humans who were both kind of going through something similar and Mm -hmm. if you know if I let my guard down I wasn't going to be stabbed suddenly from you and we weren't necessarily going to agree on everything as well agree on the feelings that we had or who'd done what and and all of that stuff we weren't going to agree on it we just couldn't because we're both in that you know in really stubborn and defensive parts of our life and I was building my life back up as well so I was Mm -hmm starting to like really relish the the freedom that came with being single and I had moved yep. into a brand new place with my sister um we decided to get an apartment together after you and I separated and I was loving where I was living and having this like freedom and this amazing like I was so happy and like a fresh new start oh totally and I was finding yep. things that I really enjoyed doing and mm-hmm. I was finding that, like, only having to think about myself was such a novel thing for me. And then being able to kind of relish in that was something that was really weird. And it was a very new feeling. But I was like, oh, my God, there is so much less stress when you don't have to consider someone else. And yeah. <laughs> so I was in that sort of space. And we had started talking more. We'd busted down the walls that we had put up between each other while still maintaining some boundaries, but we weren't so suspicious of each other and we were able to actually communicate and talk and we had started to figure out, so how does this relationship look now that we're not together, but we also don't hate each other now? So (laughs) what does this mean? A couple of friends and I used to do this annual getaway once a year. So we'd 
go away somewhere. It was always a different place. And this time we had actually decided to go out to this kind of rural vineyard area and go horse riding and have a wine tasting weekend. And on that weekend, got a call from this guy that I had been seeing kind of casually a few months before and he had had moved overseas and he had like message to say, hey, surprise, I'm moving back to Melbourne. I can't wait to see you. Let's catch up. And then on that weekend as well, I then get a phone call from you (laughs) and you were pissed out of your tree. You were so drunk and you called and was like, um, hello. And you, all I heard was you laughing and you went, hey, <laughs> guess where I am? <laughs> I was like, what? Like reception was terrible. I was in the middle of nowhere and like the mountains. And I was like, um, you are at a bar? Um, <laughs> and you where like, are you? I'm in your bed. <laughs> And I was like, oh, sorry, what? What? Yeah. Because I don't think, I think you'd been to my house once to visit before. But otherwise, like, I didn't even know that you knew where I lived. And so I called my sister (laughs) because you weren't like, because you were kind of incoherent. And I was like, Mm -hmm. ah, I just got a very weird call from Peter B. Um, Is he in my bed by chance? (laughs) And and apparently what had happened is you had called her as you were really drunk and you had said, I've been kicked out of the house. I have nowhere to go. I need you. And you were in tears and it was this big crisis moment and she had driven out to pick you up and because you and her have a you had a really strong relationship as well. And we'll talk about that um, in one of our family episodes, eh? And she had come and picked you up and brought you back to my place. And so I got Mm -hmm. back from this long weekend and um, suddenly you had moved in. (laughs) We were friends by that point. We were quite good friends. I remember we were talking a lot more. We were seeing each other for coffees and stuff and actually like starting to laugh with each other and have fun with each other again, um, which was very different to the whole 18 months before that. So that was was weird. I was kind of like, hi, I'm living here with you guys now. What were your thoughts on it? Because obviously it would have been a bit of a surprise. Yeah, it was. It was a definite shock because on the one hand, I was really happy with how my life was going and I was in a really good place and I felt like I was moving on and I was working through everything. And then on the other hand, you turned up and it was like you fit like a glove and I was home again and it was so comfortable and easy. So it was this really weird position to be in where I had the two sides. Yeah, I think we were forced to kind of spend more time with each other as well and we were forced to get along properly. So we did end up spending a lot more time together in things. Remember on the weekends and stuff, we would like have plans to go do stuff. We would go shopping together. We'd go visiting places. We would do lots of stuff together and um, pretty much hang out like how we used to when we were together because it was just so easy to slip back into that, eh? Mm-hmm. It was obviously different because we didn't have the romantic side to it, but that friendship and that connection that we had was just, you can't really get rid of it. <laughs> Yeah, it's just so comfortable and it's so easy yeah. to fall back into and it feels mm-hmm. natural and it's what you're 
used to and to start with it was like okay cool well it's only for a short period of time I have to maintain these boundaries so that I don't go straight back to where I was and then have my heart mm-hmm. broken all over again when you leave but I, I can't do that yep. with you <laughs> I couldn't do it because when we live together you're right every weekend we would make plans together and I had been teaching my brain how to not think about the we and to recalibrate everything into the what do I want and mm-hmm. you know making plans for myself and then when you came back in my default is to go straight back into the we and I feel so comfortable with that yeah we both slipped into yeah. the we it, was it the same for you absolutely it was almost like I don't know how to explain it but it's almost like you can't even control it it was just natural for us to just do whatever it was natural for us to cook together it was natural for us to clean together it was natural for us to just do everything and then grocery shopping together yeah we worked in the same office as well so it was even you know going to and from work together and all of that as well and really only getting time apart from each other when we were in the office and even then I would see you a couple times a day or at least once a day or something I'd run into you so yeah it was a strange time (laughs) yeah and I think an important part of that time as well was that it felt like we were back in a relationship and I would Mm -hmm. say you know it's like we're in this platonic relationship with each other and you would say to me no we're not we are not in a relationship yeah it was a relationship but just not what it used to be so it was like me saying well no it's not a relationship because it's not what we actually had before and not realizing that we had had like a sort of transformed relationship that was still more than a friendship to some degree and I think that's where I really struggled to name it I mean yeah and I remember being like but I would never mm-hmm. cuddle with my friends like this. <laughs> like, um, I don't know what your other friendships are like, but I'm fairly certain you don't treat your other friends like this. And yeah, so it was a real awkward place to be in this in-between where you're right, it wasn't a full relationship, yeah. but it also wasn't not a relationship as well. And so not being able to define what was going exactly. on added to the sort of confusion during that period. Yeah, without either of us being able to actually move on, eh? It's funny. Yeah, found that really confusing as well. Yeah, and I think a lot of it as well was because we, when we were even together, there was that whole thing where we didn't like to define things and we didn't like to say what things were and and people not really understanding our relationship properly because they just didn't understand what we were like. So it was almost like we were trying to have that principle and then put that on whatever our relationship was at the time and the in-between and then being like, well, we don't need yeah. to define it. Who cares what people think? We live together. We're enjoying each other's company. You know, we're just living. There's no point worrying about what everyone's saying. We're just living. Mm. You know what I mean? But then I think after that and then you realise, well, actually, it was actually detrimental though. <laughs> and having living in that sort of in-between space is not a healthy place for anyone to live for a sustained period of time no that's exactly the right words is that it's detrimental for the long term but I think it was for us it was instrumental without it we wouldn't have been able to move on properly we wouldn't have had the actual proper breakup that we both felt that we deserved from our separation as well And without that moment, I don't think that either of us would have truly given ourselves the opportunity to properly move on. So what you might call detrimental, I call instrumental. 
But for me, I was relying heavily on you as well to kind of get through that really toxic relationship that I was that I mentioned before. Um, so relying on you to like feel good and valued and normal because when you're in toxic relationships, you kind of do forget how good relationships can be when they're done right. So I was maybe just craving all of that good stuff from our relationship, that companionship and having so much in common and doing things together, feeling like a team again. It all came together as like a big thing. So it's not just one one factor. It's not just one little thing. It was all of these things that were perfectly timed in the world that meant that we would end up being comfortable with each other. So it was the living situation, the work, yeah. what had happened with my ex-partner, the necessity after I got kicked out, and us still having a really close friendship as well. It all played into it. So it's plus there was the financial side too. Mm-hmm. So it, it just kind of all made sense. And instead of trying to fight against that, we just kind of went with it, didn't we? Yeah, we did. That period for me, I always will always describe, I think, as kind of the holding period, because. I couldn't move forward and I couldn't move backwards. I was kind of stuck in this in between with you because it was so comfortable and I loved it because it was what I knew and it was easy and I got just enough from you to be satisfied, but it wasn't enough to be fully satisfied. (laughs) So like I've explained it a couple of times to various people as living off bread and water And I'm like, I'm not going to die because I have just enough sustenance to see me through, but there's no flavor in my life. So I was, (laughs) I was surviving. No, but I'm sorry. That sounds real harsh. Because you're flavorless. Because you are basic. Yeah, you're basically <laughs> boring, you're bitch. Basic. Uh, no, no, I'm totally good. No, but, but do you know what I mean? Like, because it was the pseudo relationship. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, we're going to be completely honest with people here. Like, we weren't sleeping together, but we would cuddle yeah. and we would go on dates together. Yeah, and we'd get comfort from each other. Yeah, we would like have Netflix and chill nights, just minus the sex. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I think you were able to use living with me as kind of a safe hub so that you were able to be comfortable and back home again, but then at the same time, dip your feet out into the world, you know, into the rainbow community and have encounters with different people and explore your sexuality. Well, I'll tell you what, dip more than my feet, tell you that much. Oh, gross. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I just got chills. <laughs> Did my whole head. <laughs> Where you were putting those toes. <laughs> uh, so oh, oh, oh. <laughs> but that was how I felt it was for you. Um, is that the reality of how it was? Because it well, was kind of like you had like your safety in your home. Yeah. But then at the same time, there was nothing sexual between us. Yeah, so that's right. So you were right. able to then like explore that side of you outside while still having honestly yes that's what it was like for me except i was doing it on a subconscious level it's not like i was consciously deciding that that's what i wanted to do i was just doing what felt natural and what felt comfortable to me so that's what it was was um feeling really comfortable with you and our relationship but also i 
I needed to get over that old relationship that I had with that guy. And by doing that, I kind of had to die down on all, all the dating as well because I I had fallen into that relationship that was really, really unhealthy. And that was only unhealthy because I hadn't worked out how to be happy myself, you know. So there's no way I could have been happy with someone else. You know, I had gotten over all of that depression and stuff as I was with that guy because I was really really depressed while I was with him and I was kind of relying on him to make me feel happy and good about myself which was also really dangerous and not healthy but uh, after I realized that I needed to be good with myself I then stopped dating other guys so it's not like I'd stopped dating because I was still dating but not not properly I wasn't like actually looking for a proper relationship because I knew that I had to be happy within myself first before I could find anything that was even remotely close to what what a proper relationship is supposed to look like. Yeah, that's a really important step, eh? Yeah, I think that you really helped me with that because um, there was okay. there was a long period of me going back and forth with the with the toxic relationship, and then you you weren't it was weird you weren't controlling about it at all, which is not what I'm used to with you because you just tell me you know this is what you have to do, but you weren't doing any of that. You were just like, oh, okay, sounds healthy. Or like <laughs> when I would explain what's going on, you'd be like, oh, that, that sounds, you know, really good. And like, oh, how does it make you feel? Oh, crying again? Oh, okay. Sorry to hear. <laughs> and, and you're like, um, maybe maybe work on you, eh? Maybe work on you. <laughs> I am. I'm perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm good. They're shit. That's what it is. Oh, God. <laughs> but... Uh, it turns out I was shit, and so it was projected in the the people that I was finding at the time, was that I was giving shit, and so I was getting shit. And you helped me through that as well. Yeah, you helped me realize that I had to fix myself first, and that's what I did. Mm. I remember having conversations with you about giving you like dating advice, but you know, like being able to talk to you on a friend level though, and being yeah. like, okay, well. This is how it seems from the outside. And I think that actually really helped to form our friendship yeah. because eventually like we were able to separate properly and establish some firm boundaries between ourselves so that we didn't creep back into the relationship zone again. And I think helping you through some of that time was actually critical in forming a new friendship between us. So That's seeing right. you as my friend and not as my partner, that was mm-hmm. a really strange moment for me to differentiate. You weren't my partner or my ex, you were just a friend. Yep. And that was something that was new. <laughs> well, I mean, how far in was it until you actually finally realized that that I was your friend and you'd made that switch in your mind? Because we we did kind of blur the lines in a little a little bit where it did feel like we were in some kind of relationship, even though it was a, it was different to what you would you would say as a normal relationship. It was different, but there was definitely mm-hmm. something there that was more than friendship, if you know what I mean. And it wasn't because it was romantic or anything. It's just that it was just that comfort level and that comfort thing that you don't get from normal friends. That's where we differed. Mm-hmm. So where did that happen for you? When what moment was it for you that you decided no, this is this is where we have to draw the line, and this is how I feel or whatever. Yeah. To be honest, it was we, we were actually living together for a year before I got to that point. Yeah, because 
it started off just like short term and then it became it turned into a year exactly (laughs) so it was after that I actually went away on holiday and I remember coming back from that and it was on that trip that I made the decision in my mind and I said to myself look this is I'm done because I could see that I was living in an in-between land like Mm -hmm. you you feel that when you're in that space you know that you're getting enough and that you enjoy what you're getting but it's not fulfilling in a way that you deserve to be fulfilled right and it was hindering any kind of real relationship with anyone else yeah and for both of us not just for me but it was hindering you finding love as well and I wanted you to move on and find love and I wanted that for myself as well and so on that holiday that was when I made the decision and I was like okay I'm going to go back and I have to just pull the band-aid off and do it (laughs) because I'd become so entwined with you during that period that it was really tough to say goodbye again mm-hmm. so I remember we went out for dinner when I got back and after dinner we went for a walk in the park and I said to you we sat down on a bench and I said look I need to have a serious conversation with you which mm-hmm. I know you like were dreading and I was dreading as well <laughs> but we both knew it was coming too before we'd even said each anything to anyone I think we both were in in that same space personally where we needed to kind of say whatever, but also I knew it was coming from you too. Like I just yeah. knew it before you even said it. And that's kind of how, how a lot of our relationship yeah. been as well, is just understanding the other person without even having to say anything as well. Yeah, I that's knew. right. And just knowing that, okay, we need to address this now. <laughs> and I remember saying to you, I was like, okay, Yeah, no, it's been too long. Yeah, and I'm, I'm done with living in a void. We either need to say we're doing this again and we get back together officially and we're married again or we call it quits and that means you move out. And well, like the in-between can no longer be... Yes. <laughs> it can't be anymore. Yeah. Mm. We now have two doors in front of us. We're walking through one of these doors today mm-hmm. and that's it. That was what happened and we walked through separate doors. I remember the moment as well. I remember the park scene. I remember it was just going on evening and mm-hmm. it was almost a reflection of where we were in our relationship at that point too, just our natural surroundings. It was like quite a strange moment. Where it was like, yeah, mm. it's it's done now. We we have to end this. Yeah. The evening. And that was a really decisive the, moment, hey? The dusk is coming and it was coming for our relationship too. So it was, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember you asking me and it was like, so what are we going to do? We can't just stay like this. And I just remember saying, well... I'm gay. I'm gay. I can't. Yeah, and and for me, a, a lot of that moment too was actually admitting where I was in our relationship too, like um, mm-hmm. like realizing that I had gone into that comfort zone and not really been seeking any other love or any other interests because I was so comfortable. So I was confronting that too, and then actually making that decision yeah I remember that just being really hard yeah same (laughs) it still makes me feel a little bit yeah 
Yeah, me too. And from that moment on, it's almost, yeah, like you were saying, the splitting of paths where we did decide that, no, okay, you have to go this way and I have to go that way. Yeah. Mm. Like, how do you feel when you look back on that moment? Because it was so decisive. Yeah. I just feel like it was necessary and it was needed. And I, I think we were both putting it off a lot as well because we did feel so comfortable. But for me, it was just almost like what needed to happen in order for me to move on from our actual relationship too. It was almost like a finalization of that. And it wasn't this, you know how when we initially broke up, there was this big dramatic scene and it felt like it it disrespected everything that we'd kind of built all of those many years before. So to have this moment with you, I felt like it was just really beautiful and really necessary in order for, for my personal growth and for my personal being able to move on. And I think it was much the same for you too, where we could actually like mm, definitely say, okay, that's the end. And it doesn't have to be this big psycho crazy blowing up thing. Yeah, and we don't have to hate each other and we don't have to exactly be traumatized or <laughs> yeah. it was yeah. like I felt light and when I look back on it, it feels like a relief as well because it was finally giving a name to what was going on and exactly. making a decision and not living in the grey space anymore. It was actually okay, where are we going? What do we want? And making that decision together as well. So it wasn't like when we initially broke up where it was one person making the decision that affected us both. Yeah. We'd both actually mutually reached that ground Yeah. personally and together as well. Yeah. So next week's episode is going to be about us talking about the actual moving on process and what we did to navigate the part after the in-between so the story gets deeper and we'd love for you to stick around for it um get in contact with us let us know what you think of the podcast rate review all of that good stuff and um, check us out on instagram my gates husband and send us emails we are still in the process of getting back to all of you I know that we haven't got, gotten back to everyone just yet and they are literally flooding in <laughs> faster than we can reply, which is really, really cool. We've got a really good, solid listening base as well. So we're really, really stoked because initially when we came into this, we thought no one is going to listen to us. Thanks everyone for listening. We're really looking forward to talking to you guys next week. So stay tuned and we'll see you next week. Thanks so much, guys. Talk next week. Bye. <laughs>